Welcome back, my friends, to another fantastic episode of Best Hour of Their Day. Hard to believe this is our 50th episode. I don't know if that's a significant number or not, but pretty cool that we've put out 50 episodes and we're listening to all of you, the fans. Today's episode is super special to me and I hope it is to you as well. You wanted to hear from real people, real box owners, where not only do I have that for you, but I've got two friends of mine. Matt and Dario, the owners of North Naples CrossFit. Significant to me because they've become my family. They are my community. And I truly, truly believe they are one of the best boxes in the world. Of course, I'm biased. I go there. My friends go there. But I believe it. They do things right. And that's what we're going to talk about. But it's not all sunshine and rainbows. They've made mistakes as well. They're going to talk all about that. But here's the cool thing. They're business partners, they've remained friends, and their business is growing. In a day and age where people are worried that too many boxes are going to impede your growth, Matt and Dario keep an abundance mindset, meaning they don't care if you open down the road because they only worry about what they can do and what they are doing to improve their community at North Naples CrossFit. I love these guys, super proud to call them friends, super proud to be a part of this community, and it's a fun story because I moved down here, we didn't hit it off right away, but now we have, it's kind of like we took it slow, then we moved on, it's like we're married now, I don't know if that's exactly true, but they're my good friends, and I'm excited to share with you their story, Matt and Dario, the owners of North Naples CrossFit here on Best Hour of Their Day. All right, I'm here with Matt Torres and Dario Aviles. Did I say that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we were, that's right. Spot on. We were talking about you yesterday, and we, we were saying you could be any ethnicity. I get that a lot. I get You're Italian. Dominican. Yes. Yes. But if someone were like, hey, he's Italian, I'd be like, yep. If someone was like, he's Egyptian, yep. He's Arab, yep. Like, you just have that look. You could be anything. Master of disguise. <laughs> I think it depends on the style of his facial hair at the time. Yeah. That's Mustache, true. beard. When you had the no beard, beard, you look extra Arab. I think that I wish I missed it. you agree with that? Beard. I miss it. You can't have that anymore? No. Can't do it at the fire department. So the reason I wanted to have these guys on is because they run a very successful box, North Naples CrossFit. I use them a lot as examples when I'm talking with Fern or other guests because you guys do a lot of things right. But I want to talk primarily about you guys are business partners that seem to get along. I don't know. You might fight behind closed doors without anybody, which is also good. But you also have lives outside of the box. Dario's a firefighter. Is it a firefighter? Is that the correct term? Firefighter is the correct term. And yeah. Matt is a very high-level programmer for Brute, and he has a bunch of athletes. So you're more still in the CrossFit space, but it's a separate entity. Yeah, it's competitive. Competitive athletes, you mean? Exactly. Who are you? So you have Dallin. So I have the athletes that are going to the games this year. I have three teams and then two individual athletes. Five, you're, you have five athletes going to the games. Mm-hmm. It's impressive. Yeah. So who are Dallin? Teens are Dallin Peppers, um, James Sprague, and Tudor Magda. That's who Dallin spoke about when he was on. Yep. And then the individual athletes are Jason Carroll and Mackenzie Flinchel. Jason Carroll's old school, right? He's been around a long time. 
Uh, he's he's newer to the game. So, Is he? yeah, he's one. I don't know when you, when we say a long time. I probably say. I know. I think 2016. Okay, perhaps yeah. probably is his, his first games. showing at the regionals. Cali, right? yeah, in the Cali. Yep. Um, yeah, this will be a second trip to the games. So, all right, let's talk about it. What year did you found North Naples CrossFit? 2013. So you guys were, you went to high school together briefly. Then you kind of went to separate high schools for Matt playing football, right? And you went to University of Central Michigan close uh you got it just in the wrong order central michigan university cmu all right and dario did you go off to school after high school yeah i went to ucf for a year and then i uh got my bachelor's from fgc right down the road so you stayed in town but then you kind of both made your way back into the naples area or dario was here and you were working at seasons Mm -hmm. valet how many miles or how many steps do you think you took on an average night? I think on season, I think we tried, we tracked, it, it was like about six to seven miles. A valet yeah, of... during season. Yeah. So we actually had multiple jobs. Um, at one point, I was actually doing small business payroll sales here in Naples. That's right. For um, paychecks? Uh, ADP. ADP. And then at nighttime, I was valeting and then somewhere in the middle of all that, trying to run a class here and there so first things first hustlers hard workers which continues i mean there are days dario coaches the five six then you head to a 24-hour shift Mm -hmm. at the firehouse by the way dario could be a crossfit games athlete if he chose to be and i i appreciate i don't say that lightly because i've seen enough people that think they can go you truly i agree agree? i agree yeah i've seen enough athletes in my day to know kind of like who has it and who doesn't. Um, now, uh, it's a lot of hours, yes. you know. Yeah, so I mean, you know how it goes. If, but, if Dario trained even regularly, and <laughs> like regular, like five days a week and only hit class, yeah. w- where would he stand at the regional level if regionals were still around? Oof, that's a good question. What, what was your open result last, not last year, but the year before, when you did... What was your what was your highest ranking? Mm, I think it was top two hundred. I think so. That's when. That's so you didn't. I'm sure, but that was I was in medic school. Yeah, training twice a week. I think I think honestly, like so, if, if you were to put, let's say, like, you know, what you mentioned, an hour a day, five days a week at least, um, I think he could do like an RX sanction event. So like a Wadapalooza, Wadapalooza has intermediate rx and elite athletes uh intermediate athletes are like regional bubble athletes if you if you will um and then rx is like a regional athlete but i like ice cream too much you, it's not even that you you just I, i'll say it in a good way you just have a balanced life you you train yeah. you you come in you whoop ass and you leave yeah <laughs> you're <laughs> batman <laughs> but it's it's impressive Every year at the Open, he he wins for the box with without training. Yeah. I lead up. There's like two months before that I start to ramp up and yeah. I come four four classes a week. Yeah, but he's a very fit dude. I so. will say it's a running joke in the gym that like we'll all we'll all jump on Dario's programming one day, or it's one day on, one week off, <laughs> and then we'll all we'll all get like big PRs and. 
know. There's something to it to resting. Rest, rest yeah. is super important. But just as just as impressive as his physique stays on point. For me, yeah. if I take like, three days off, I get chubby. Where Dario stays shredded. <laughs> so okay, so 2013, you opened. You came yeah. from CrossFit Naples. The owner there, Mario, was very uh, friendly about you opening another box yeah. in town. I mean, yeah. great dude. Yeah. Maybe it's 20 minutes away. You know, yeah, since on the like highway. Six yeah. miles, but like everything's mm-hmm. 20 minutes in Naples. And he was pretty cool about it. This is, we're sitting here at the current location, but this is actually your third spot. Yep, same plaza. So we've grown from 1,500 square feet to 3,000 hour in our new location, which is uh, 3,500. So when you guys opened in 2013, did you purposely lease a spot that gave you the opportunity to, to grow? Um, we didn't have that. I, yeah, I wish, I wish we actually thought about that. <laughs> but you did. I mean, you lucked into it then. Yeah, yeah. We, actually, we we thought it was the perfect size. You know, there was we stopped in all the gyms in Naples, introduced ourselves when you know it was time to open, and we thought that was super important for us to do. Was let's you know do our part in this community that we're about to join, and know that you know we're all aiming for the same goal of helping humans. Um, so when we kind of saw what everyone was doing, it's like, you know, there wasn't a lot of options on this side of town, but this is plenty big. 1300, I think. Uh, what, which square feet? This, the first one, the first spot. Well, yeah, it was about 1450. Yeah. Yeah. So 1,400 square feet, including your bathroom in there yeah. somewhere, yep. including unusable. There's always like these weird corners that you mm-hmm. can't use. So you're probably talking a thousand yeah. square feet of usable space. Yeah. yeah. And that's pushing that. So you decide to open, and you actually traveled around the area, stopping in at the boxes, yep. introducing ourselves, saying, "Hey, we're going to be the you know we're the new guys on the block. We just want to introduce it and try to build that community." Would you recommend if someone's listening to do that? For sure, hundred percent. Yeah. Were you met with yeah. welcoming arms, or was there some reservation? And I don't want to help these guys because they're my competition. Honestly, there there wasn't any of that. Everyone was super super welcoming. Um, you know. How, how, however, the interaction was once we left, we don't know, but, you know, everyone was super happy that there's, you know, two fresh faces in here. Yep. So do you guys, would you guys say in the CrossFit space, more, more boxes in an area is good, bad, or indifferent? I, I, I think it's a good thing, just like Glassman says, like Coach says, you know, the cream's going to rise to the top and you guys can help each other out. There's more than enough people in the area uh, to survive um as long as you do your due diligence and i mean we are in a i would say naples is small yeah. it's older and there's what would you say in let's call it the greater naples collier area like not including bonita to marco how many boxes would you say marco island that is how many boxes would you say are in this area uh, right now, there is... Let's let's go only cross, but not including, like, there's an Iron Tribe, there's a yep, so OTF type thing. Yep, so that's going to be, I think, four or five. You think that's it? Yeah. yeah. We so got you guys, what, Blaze? Real Fit. Real, Real fit, fit. Fireball. Fireball now. CrossFit Naples. That's it? Yeah. But in, right. the, in the past, there was uh, Pure Fitness. Yeah. Oh, yeah, in Joey's so, place. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a, also... About two or three in the area and the, since we've been open that have opened and, and closed their doors. Who's closed? Well, there's, you know, Red Line's now OPEX. Yeah. 
Who else is close? Um, what was the one out in the States? Uh, Ave Maria. Yeah. Well, there's Ave Maria, and then there was one off of Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Jason's spot. I forget, uh, I forget the name of it. Yeah. Jeff's spot? No, no, no. I don't think you've ever met him before. Okay. But he, he was actually open right around the same time we did, actually. Yeah, yeah. So this is interesting, then. There's, like, say there's been, like, six to eight boxes, but some have actually closed. Yep. Why are you guys thriving? So it's important, like, to know, we'll talk about what you could learn and what your mistakes have been, but isn't it also important? I mean, I, I say this not just because they signed my checks, but because I really think you're doing it well. What are some things you you know that you're doing well? I think, honestly, the, the best thing, and really it's the easiest thing, is to treat each person like a human being. Uh, when they I don't feel like you do door. that to me when I'm doing box jumps. I feel yeah. like you... <laughs> yeah. There's some things I just have to whisper in your ear just to get you going, you know? I was telling Vince yesterday, I'm like, Matt comes over and says the craziest shit to me, but it works, and it it just gets me... I tagged you in a post just now from Make Wads Great That's Again, because yeah. when you creep over it, I look at you in the corner, like the other day on the wall balls, I see you creep, and I see you stand there, and in my mind, I'm like, go away. <laughs> And I know I do that to people too, so it's interesting to see. But yeah, but yeah you I have like a million sentences running in my head, and I'm just trying to like pick out the right one that's just going to get you like pushing you're, just you're, an inch harder. You're good at it, and you know, for someone that does talk a lot, I'd say Matt talks a lot when he's, he's teaching, when he's coaching, spot on with the cues, just in and out like a sniper. But so okay, you treat every athlete or every member like a human, which yeah. I would agree with. And, you, guys do and that. you know, that's that's really just. One of the biggest things that changed for us when, you know, him and I had zero experience running a business and one of the first things, or I would say the second thing we implemented was, uh, you know, treat everyone like they're your best friend. Um, talk to the people that you just, you, you can, and we all, we all go through this. That member comes in the gym, you're like, you know, you just take that deep breath in. It's like, how's this about to go? But if you truly open up and you ask them genuine questions about what is motivating them, what they're all about, you start to find that you have a lot of things in common with the person that you think or thought originally that you have the least things in common. So yeah, I'd probably say that one and then you know, the big one is charge, charge your value. Yeah, you guys... I mean, I think you charge a fair value. It's not more than the other boxes in town. It's not less. It's probably the going. What, what's the going rate, for example? I think it's what one seventy five. Uh, one sixty five for unlimited and one forty five. Okay. Um, I think you should up it to one seventy five. Yeah. <laughs> Members tuning out right now. Uh, I think so. Right off the mat, you know, we truly care, and it, it really uh, the switch was turned on when we stopped treating it like a hobby. When we first opened, we were like, oh, you know, it's a place for us to work out. We started treating it like a business. And started taking a step back and uh, you know, seeing how we can help our community and provide as much value as possible. Um, that's when things really started to, to take, a, take a turn. Okay, I want to ask you about that in a second. But I don't want to forget to ask you this. You guys do a really good job of keeping everybody doing the programming. I think that's a really big lesson here. How? Um, most of the, all of our coaches do it. So we believe... That's true. Programming. And I, mean, that's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Is it? Is that what it is? I mean, is it as simple as? I don't think it's as simple as that. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I, I do at some extent. Like it, it's trickled down. I mean, if you come here on any given day, 
Matt, Dario, Vince, Max, me, we're all doing the same exact workouts that we're about to coach. Is it that simple though? If someone's, if a box owner is listening and they're going through that divide, mm-hmm. is it that simple as saying coaches do this or is it, are you doing something else? I think, I honestly think that it has something to do with as well. So Dario hit it spot on with the coaches. And then the, the other thing is um, the, the amount of time and where we've grown as athletes and what we've been doing. So the amount of time is, you know, we've been open for six years. We have a, a lot of knowledge. We have a lot of coaches that know what they're talking about and have confidence when they say it. So when you're uh, a member and you're saying, you know, I, I want to do this and I want to do that and I need to do this and, you know, I need to, all of a sudden you're thinking like, well, you're going to be spending three hours at least if you want to get all that in, you know, or I want to get stronger, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's like, look, I have the knowledge and the confidence to say to you, I promise you if you just stick with class, you know, change your nutrition here and there. And you're going to get those gains wherever, wherever it may be. And then as far as us growth in athletes, us as athletes, like when Dario first started, no offense, but he couldn't do a lap around here oh. without huffing and puffing. I couldn't, well, Dario, the, I couldn't run to the door. If you go on, on Dario's Instagram, is it coach underscore D? Yeah. You'll see if you scroll real deep down. I mean, he was a legit bodybuilder. Body really good one. Yeah. And yeah. both of these guys were high level football players would you say so i mean to go from just that bodybuilding mentality to crossfit was probably a shock to your system yeah so you know like that right there i'm gonna listen to what he has to say if he tells me look you want to improve your aerobic capacity i couldn't breathe when i ran around this now i'm destroying people all the time working out once a week it's like okay all right if i stick to this and then i'll believe you you know you know, so I had a friend messaging me this morning. They kind of went to programming similar to what we do, and we follow NC Collective here. But basically that one workout a day mentality, once in a while, like today, for example, we had a strength at a Metcon, and he's like, "These the members are complaining because it's not challenging enough. And, yeah, so it's easy to say, well, this is – it's like when you do what I can do and then let's talk. But until you can be me doing one workout a day. Yeah. I would say for that coach or owner, whomever – is look at yourself in the mirror and ask if you're um, really allowing your members to know what the intent of the workout is. Because if a member is like, this is only 10 minutes long. If you're doing a workout that's 10 minutes long, we did one on Monday. Oh, yeah. Right? I'm still feeling it today. Um, If you portray it the way it's supposed to be, the intent that you're supposed to give it, um, I promise you these members are going to be lying on the floor in 10 minutes. If it's a five-minute workout, it should be damn near, like, close to death at the end of five minutes. And then as the workouts tend to increase in length, you know, they have to pace it out a little bit longer, a little bit longer, a little bit longer. Well, one thing you guys do well, and maybe this is part of it is, and all the coaches, I should say, is regardless of the workout, the hour is filled with coaching. So I think a lot of boxes struggle with it. Not because their members need more, but because they can't coach. That workout Matt's referring to was literally wall balls and double unders, and it was 10 minutes, and Matt coached the other 50. I mean, you showed, you improved my wall ball, you know, but that only happens because you coach. Mm-hmm. How many times, has, if you're listening, do you actually coach the wall ball, or is it go get a 20 and 14 and hit the target? Or even something as simple as, in, you know, as, as an air squat, like most we can spend. Doesn't matter if you've been with us since day one or today's your first day. 
we're going to spend 10, 15 minutes going over the proper position. So it comes down to also developing as a coach. Yep. Okay, so the question I wanted to ask earlier is, you, you said, Dario, you know, when you went from hobby to business, but, so where's that balance? Because both of you, like we said, do have lives outside of here. So I've recommended a lot of times, you know, quit your job. Now, you're, not, you're in a life career, whatever a firefighter is, yeah. and it's your passion. Matt programs for Brew and works with games athletes. So both of you basically have other jobs. Mm-hmm. How do you handle that with balancing growing a business? Uh, so we each have our own individual strength, and that why we, that's why we kind of you know, started together. It's not more of like the back office numbers, stuff like that. And Matt's very innovative, so he's very right brain. I'm very left. And also the, you know, our coaching staff. Um, so the way we balance is, you know, delegating and knowing that, you know, things are going to get done. So you have to have complete trust in your coach. Are you ever worried, like, it's 5 a.m., someone's not going to be here? No. Right. You, no. you know your – so you have to have trust in your coaches. You basically, I mean, give us freedom. Um, you know, it's never micro. I don't ever feel micromanaged. That's, that's important. And is there, what, what else do you do? Like, so for Matt, for example, how do you find the time to do both? How do you find mm-hmm. time to grow the business while, I mean, you have game season coming. For sure. How do you, how do you, how do, you do both? Uh, honestly, setting up the day, setting up your day. So I'll wake up during this time right around 6 in the morning, you know, have my glass of water and just set up my day. I know that's so one I'm of your spending. nutrition rules. Yeah. Glass of water every morning. Yeah, because hey, honestly, I don't drink enough water. Um, but anyway, set up your day. So you should be putting your, this is what I do. I have a to-do list and I put NNCF. This is what I got to do. Things that have to be done. Brute. Usually it's like programming for 10 or more people a day. Um, you know, miscellaneous things, social media posts, whatever the case may be. And then I'll put down my schedule as well. So it'll be, you know, six a.m. to 6.30 is going to be, you know, laying out my day. And then it's like, boom, boom, boom. And I'm just laying it out of what's most important first. Um, and sometimes it's what's going to get me paid first. And sometimes it's going to be what's going to bring the, the gym forward, you know, what's most important to get that done first. Um, so it'll, it'll flip-flop each and every day. But once you have that general outline, you're able to say, okay, I'm going to put two hours into this. This right here is probably going to take me around two or three hours. And then you just start to check those things off in the day. Um, I am, you know, when it comes to the coaches and having trust in the coaches, um, I'm a strong believer in allowing people to grow uh, and in that process, making them fail. Uh, I, like if I can wish one thing upon everyone out there is fail more. Because that's the only way you're ever going to learn if things are working or not. And even for our coaches. So, you know, back in the day when we had our first coach, Dara and I, it's kind of like our newborn. Who was your know, first coach? Uh, Nicole. Okay, yeah, you your know, sister. We didn't, we didn't know how to react. So we were basically like patting corners, putting a helmet on. It's like, don't fall. Don't do this. Like, I still remember coming up mid-class and be like, Hey, you did this, but I want you to do that. Like, as things were, it was just. Oh, I've heard about it from Nicole. Yeah, you know, it was so <laughs> terrible. And like now, you know, I want our coaches to be like, "What the hell did I just go through?" You know, because I think at the end of the day, our members trust and hear that 
if a coach happens to fall flat on their face, it's still going to be a good day. It's going to be all right. But, you know, it's up to us if we truly want to allow the coaches to run and allow the business to run itself, we have to allow them to grow in those positions. It's hard when you, I mean, let's use Nicole. And granted, it's Matt's sister, so probably not the best example to have as your first employee, mm-hmm. a sibling. But regardless, if you have a new coach, it's hard because this is your baby. And now I remember, same for me, would you say now you what you learned is you need to let people go less micromanaging you're saying allow them to fail but at the same time if you see that failure you would help develop them or lead them in the right direction exactly and And that's some that's a conversation that i always have to pretty much ask the coaches is guys critique each other and if we're all in the same understanding that we're critiquing to reach a common goal of excellence then it's never out of hate it's never out of like bias judgment it's simply out of helping one another so dario can you know give a critique or vince can critique dario or max can critique me and it's pretty much like an open forum to continue to get better i think that's important here there's a lot of feedback that goes on everyone's receptive i mean i get feedback from you guys whether it's from you who's a level three or vince who's a level one i look forward to that feedback and Again, going back to what we said, that only happens when you have coaches in class, mm-hmm. right? You need that to happen. What was What's the biggest fight you two have ever had um, off the football field relative to the box? Um, they're far and few in between. I know, you guys, that's what I'm saying. Like, I've had two partners in CrossFits, one I no longer speak to, mm-hmm. and one, you know, we weren't that friendly to begin with. We stay in touch. But you guys seem to have your shit really together for – Partners. What are some of the there's things? there's one there's one that always comes to my mind. So you this is a fight. Yeah, right. but and it was like it's like uh, you don't know that what you don't know. Do you know what he's about to talk about? No. So this so this was <laughs> this was something and it was funny how this all kind of worked out. So I was very passive aggressive when we first started, where you know we would communicate about what what choices are being made, and I would come off like. Um, you know, this is my side. I'll hear your side. But what was really happening was here's my side and you're stupid. Right. right? So that was happening. And I didn't realize it was happening until he finally got fed up with it. And then what was even funny, I don't know if I told Dario this was there was this conversation about a T-shirt and like I was getting worked up about it. I knew he was getting worked up about it. And I was like, fine, we'll do the T-shirt. And then he was like, and he told me what was happening. And then the following week, one of my buddies, I was visiting him, and he brought up the same thing. And then, like, within, like, the next week, the girlfriend that I had at the time said the same exact thing. And I was like, wow, I'm an asshole, you know? And so, finally, it was – it took that, you know? So, not only not only did that help us grow, you know, making big-time big, big time choices in the future and communicating better, but also me as a person, I started communicating better with people and really, it's just a matter of, like, being okay that things are not being done your way. And if things are not done your way, and it's done the, the, the way that the other person wanted to do, and it's still failure, it's still okay. You know, that's not the right time to be like, ha, I told you so, jab. It's like, hey, it's okay. Let's figure out something new. So this was a specific example. You're trying to make a T-shirt? 
And you wanted a specific T-shirt, and Daria wanted a different one. Something so tiny. And what what did you wind up going with? Do you remember now what he's talking we about? Went, we went the T-shirt. It yeah. was the blue one with like the. Oh yeah, I forget yeah. what it said on yeah. it. It wasn't too long. It wasn't too long, all right? I was like, we're still in the we're in the we just moved into the second location. Gotcha, yeah. So yeah. Did, whose T-shirt idea did you go I with? I remember. Uh, I forget the name of the T-shirt. It was. We ended up going with his idea, <laughs> and I was like. At that point in time, I was like, it's not going to be the end of the world. We're going to make a thousand more T-shirts, you know? So we, we ended up doing it. And, it, you know, it took a long time of just like, I think I went out for like a three-mile walk. And that took a long time. Walk it off, yeah. Yeah, just kind of just thinking about it. Um, yeah, but. And I think ever since, you know, ever since then, um, open communication. So um, I'm pretty straightforward and blunt. And so at that time, I just held it in, held it in. I just exploded. Now I'm just like, all right, well, hey, this is, this is what's bothering me. And I think I learned from you. is like, you're making me feel this way. I understand you're trying to do this. Um, so open communication is huge. That's probably one of the biggest things. So as, as 50-50 owners, how often do you have to communicate? Because I, I don't see you guys together all yeah. that often, really. Yeah, pretty, to, you know, pretty regularly. Yeah, we try to... Um, have at least a meeting of a face-to-face. We'll go to our breakfast at least every couple of weeks just to go yeah. over things. Um, but for the most part, a lot of things are really dialed in now um, where Matt can trust me to deal with my stuff and I can trust him to deal mm-hmm. with, you know, whatever that is. Yeah. What has been maybe your top three or four biggest failures at the box? I'd say the biggest one initially, which ended up being like one of our bigger successes, was we were doing, I think, two or three days free of on ramp. Yep. That was when, that was right before we did two brain seminar. So somebody wants to join and they get three this a free like, on ramp. Yeah, this was like our first year and a half. Yeah. They don't have to pay anything to come in for three days, and they they're not even and committed to a membership at this no. point. And Just hey, let's train you for free. Yep. Yeah. And then, and they would join three hours in. of our time. You guys are really good at. Let's say you know your value, but then also upholding that. There's not a lot of, of barters. There's not a lot of discounts. How do you? How much of a struggle is that? Like you, people come in that can't afford it, or members. Because I, I was terrible at that. I would give things away for free in a bad way. Yeah, that's that was one of so before, probably after we went to a couple seminars. Um, who are some seminars you've taken that you'd give a shout out that's worth checking out? Yeah, Two so Brain we to, with Chris Cooper. Yeah, uh, we went to Three Two One Go before uh, Coop started Two Brain. It was up in North Carolina. That was Brian Alexander's. Beeler's old company or something um, to do with him. Yeah, right? so his brother in law, okay, um, Clay. Clay, right? Uh, owned it, and then uh, we went to uh, we Train Think Tank that same weekend. Yeah. Um, we did uh, Ben Bergeron. So Bergeron yeah. actually had. You did the immersion both yeah, all your no, coaches well no this was before so before immersion uh bergeron had his own uh, seminar was, business of excellence it was just like a well oh, that's right i remember that. that so i mean let's just be clear you guys are con i mean dario was at the two brain business yeah. one, a month ago you guys are constantly it's not like you're not trying to continue to yeah. grow and you learn have, you yeah. have to be you right? have the pursuit to. of excellence because there's everybody out there doing the same exact thing so you have to do your due diligence to get that much better. I mean, when people ask, like, what separates you from other boxes in town, we don't pay attention, but I'd assume they're not going to quite as... I mean, Matt's involved with Brute, so he's always learning. You're always Mm -hmm. at those seminars. You're still going away. I doubt most box owners are getting 
the continuing education yeah. that you guys have. I'm honestly like I'm lucky that Dario is always on the forefront of like what can him and I do next. Um, it is it's no different than any other business. If you're not doing research and development, you're you're going to be stagnant. And if you th- the moment that you think that things are okay, you've reached complacency and things are not going to continue to grow. So you have to be able to step out of that zone of oh, we don't need to go to this because it's whatever $1800 a ticket. It's like, no, there's a reason why it's $1,800 a ticket. And you're going to gain so much more from that $1,800 that you can apply quickly because what you thought you knew in year three, when you're like, aha, this is what we're going to do now. In year six, it's completely different scope now. So it's, you know, research and development is super, super vital. And that's not just for business. It has to do with coaching as well. Um, If you're not, if you're, God, this is, I can go on a rant on here. Do it. That's what this podcast is for. If man. you're if you're a level one coach, and you're thinking to yourself that the level two is like this bullshit uh, certification, you're so far in the red of wrong that you just have you're just ignorant, right? Because you know I say this because Dario and I, when we had to sign up for our level two, are like, why are we doing this? There's not even a test to it. Like this is so dumb. We drove over, and then we quickly found out how much we did not know and how much it helped us coaching group classes and that right there and I can say the same thing for the level three and how that's helped me improve coaching in that regard too and it's it's a test but it's not the test that makes you better it's what you're forced to do to improve on the test that makes you a better coach so you know business always be learning coaching always be learning and it doesn't have to be you know crossfit it can be other areas if you want to but never be stagnant yeah i love that and fern and i just recorded this morning on preparing for your level two and one of the things i said is like in those affiliate groups on facebook you see people like oh i don't want to do this or what should i do and it's like if you're not willing to learn and and develop and i think what you're saying also is you can't think you know everything. I mean, yeah, it's, you could always be learning more. Yeah, if and, you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room, right? Yeah, sure. yeah. So, yeah, every weekend I learn. I was saying this weekend I'm with Todd, just the two of us at a level two, and I will learn from him and bring something back here. I learned when I, I mean, just even last Friday, I took Dario's class and the knuckles down cue. Like, you got, I've heard it from Matt before, but I, you know, by the way, nothing frustrates me more than when Roz comes home and she's like, Matt gave me the best cue. I'm like, I told you that for the last three years. But that's fine. <laughs> so what, what were the biggest failures? We, I don't think we even started. All right, so we had that with the actually you know, not charging our work. Okay, so not charging for the on-ramp. Um, what else we got? There's, just, there's literally so many. Um, giving an obscene amount of discounts. discounts. So like before so we really consolidated. Okay. No, that we just had like 25 different discounts bartering for things. Um, it sounds like a great idea, but since the person is not getting paid, they're, they're not going to uphold that quality. So a lot of times people will still ask for that and I say, hey, you pay me, I'll pay you whatever it is, and we'll pay each other because I value what your work is and your time. So I want to pay you for it. Yeah, I would say... I said this to Roz actually like a week or two ago. You, Dario, are very good at just – you're black and white. Like this is our decision. 
so you know, Roz comes home and she's like, I'm not allowed to work out outside of class hours, right? She doesn't listen to this podcast, so it's okay. <laughs> and I'm like, here's the thing. That's upheld against everybody. That's not a, this is a Roz yeah. choice. This is Dario made this decision, and there's no one allowed to do yeah. it anymore. Yeah, and, and I think that's important as a box owner to have that line, if you will, or have that black and white and just eliminate the gray is what messes you up. Yeah, and that's the you got to look at it from from both sides of when I'm like alright when I told her I'm like hopefully Jason sees where I'm coming from as well but I, I don't I think she should be doing her own shit to begin with uh, so don't you don't have to convince me right. yeah well, that's another that's <laughs> but like um, tune out Roz spoke with Vaughn right from the Philly Yard if you don't if that's if you don't have him as an insurance that's a feeling you should go with for your box anyways you know he politely told me it's a liability thing so if somebody's in here that's not employed by the gym they're not covered so if they get hurt or somebody else get hurt or if they forget to lock up things get stolen it's not covered because it's not um under the umbrella of the coaching staff um same thing with you know i'm not a huge fan and we we don't allow dogs for multiple reasons people are allergic scared bites and stuff like that dirty this is probably the cleanest box so that's something we take pride in is, is is cleanliness and you know glassman said if First thing he does is go to a person's bathroom, and if it's clean, I know how much you care. So I came in, and Dario was using the bulldog. You like that bulldog. You enjoy that is, cleaning. That is my favorite piece of equipment in the gym. The, the, like, if you had to get fit, you would just keep the bulldog. That's it, yeah. <laughs> so what, what was that a decision you guys made on day one? Hey, we're going to have a very clean affiliate, or is that something that you've learned over the years? So especially increase when coming from CrossFit Naples, Mario runs a really tight ship. We knew the importance. Uh, we tried as much as we can. We had a regular schedule, mopped all the time. Um, so I think from the, from the front end, that's what kind of separate, separates us is, is cleanliness. Um, and I think from the beginning, we really put a yeah. focus to that. How, how do you feel, Dario? as the person primarily responsible for, I mean, and I could be completely off, but I only ever see you using the Bulldog. Um, and the Bulldog I, is a, what do you call it, like a floor sweeper? It's like a Zamboni. Even, yeah, Zamboni. Um, I enjoy it. Well, you know, you go to a lot of mentors, a lot of people say, you know, that's the first thing you should get rid of is cleaning. Um, but it's more of a, I take pride in it, and it's more of my, like, meditation um, avenue see and that's why it's important that him and i work together because i get anxiety with what cleaning it cleaning because as i'm cleaning i'm like i could be doing a thousand other things right now and i need someone that's like i need (laughs) i need to like cool off and go clean because in my brain i'm like come on come on come on come on come on let me just get out of here (laughs) right i mean and the truth of you have people i mean we have Braden on staff who's a awesome 15 year old guy beat me in the workout on Monday. Don't want to talk about that. <laughs> but I mean, he would do the bulldog yeah, for probably a free, I mean, or $8 an hour. And, and you would rather do it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy it. Do you have any other mistakes you guys have made that, and not just mistakes, but mistakes you've learned from mm-hmm. or that other box owners can learn from? Honestly, I, I think one of the biggest ones, um, especially if you have, you know, coaches on staff coaching the majority of your hours is, Learning how each person gets ta- uh, takes critiques. How do I take critiques? Uh, so here's here's a prime example. Um, oh, <laughs> never critique a coach right before they're about to start a class. Did right? you do that to me? 
No. Oh. no. So for so for you, um, you know, honestly. Oh, any, you did come up to me that one time and say something, right? Is that yeah. what you? Honestly, yeah. for you, any way that I say something to critique you, you're gonna take it as a positive. So I'm not I'm not as concerned with it, but. You know, ideally, it's going to be best said after class when it's fresh on your mind. Um, now, kind of the way I, I approach critiquing people is like kind of how you do with me. Hey, um, compliment sandwich. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but without uh, the back bump. Yeah. yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Low carb. Boom. Exactly. <laughs> um, no, it's it's. Can can I give you a critique? Yep. Yes ask or no, them, ask right? Them ask them. And it's like, sometimes, I don't, for some reason, I think they'll never say no, but I want, like, I want people to be like, not right now, like, I just had, like, a terrible class, I know I did, and this is going to just, like, kill me if you just put a dagger in me right now. So, you ask them, let, uh, tell them, ideally, you don't want to tell them if they have to go be in front of people again, again, so- especially inside the gym, because you don't want... You're trying your best to be like, you know, critique sandwich. This is what you did great. This is what you need to work on. Continue it. You're going to be amazing, right? (laughs) Close it off. Um, But everyone handles critiques a little bit differently. So you just have to have that awareness of, you know, what are they doing from here? Are they going home? If they're going home, that's probably going to be the better time to tell them. Um, Don't tell them in front of a group of people. Don't be loud about it. Uh, If it's something so detrimental that you're kind of heated, do not tell them to, at that moment, go back home, think about it, let the emotions kind of drain, and then be a professional and approach them. Um, but so, yeah. Well, let me give you a specific scenario then. Say, because the box owner is listening and they're watching their coach coach and they coach back-to-back mm-hmm. classes. And you have maybe three minutes. They make a big mistake in between there, you know, whether it's they scaled it inappropriately, someone looked like they were moving poorly. How can you get in in that three-minute because that's common. People will coach yeah. back-to-back classes. So it's uh, it's a lot simpler said than done. So I personally, I wouldn't try to squeeze it in before the next class. You would just I'm writing disregard it, down. it. I'm writing it down. The reason why I say it's a lot simpler said than done is, you know, understanding the the person that you're about to tell this critique to. If you're not if you're not giving them just as much positive feedback as you are critiquing then every time you come up to even say a word to that person, they're going to already think something negative is going to happen. That's true. And the only reason why I can say this is because I did it with our first coach. And you have, it's so important to be giving positivity, positivity. And like, if you think it, tell it. So, you know, and it's no different than like what we talk about an emotional bank account. If Dario has been killing it for the last two, three, four weeks, Right. I'm building it up, building it up. Dude, you're doing great. Keep it up. Thanks for staying on top of this. Like, you're doing great. It, it now allows me to say, like, hey, dude, you've been killing it. Um, in class specifically, I really liked how you said this, but this was a little confusing. Maybe try it this way, right? As opposed to if I only give him critique, anytime that he sees a text coming in, he's going to be like, oh, boy. It's going to be like that crazy ex-girlfriend. You know? yeah. yeah, it's like what, like what did I do now is going to be your first response. So just honestly, like give that, give that the, uh, the time it deserves to think, do I give my coaches enough positive feedback? And if, you, if you're honest with yourself, you're like, 
I really don't. And there's this one coach I always only give critiques to. You better start filling their tank up with like some positivity because they're going to, I'm not even kidding. Every time they look at their phone, they see your text. They're going to be like, what the hell does he want now? Or she want now? Well, and I think one thing you, you hit on is you also let things go. It, to me, it reminded me of like safety, efficacy, efficiency. And some of those, some feedback is unnecessary. If you're like, Jay, I would have really liked to see you start that workout four minutes earlier. Mm-hmm. Is that a big deal versus did you notice that guy was rounding his back terribly? I do, Like he's going to yeah. hurt himself. You're just balancing that. Yeah. Um, well, I, I don't see Dario coach as much, but I, I want you to answer first. I'll, I'll say this about Matt. I've taken classes with Matt where in addition to me, it's two or three people. And it's not common here. We have, you know, on average, probably 12 people per class. But he stays... I've taken classes with Matt, and I think I've told him this, and like after I'm like, how the fuck did he coach that so well? I would have been just like, the energy isn't there. How do you stay motivated to coach? I mean, you've only been doing it six years, but how do you stay motivated to coach, whether it's four people at 5 a.m. or 16 people at 6.30 p.m.? Well, you know, you have to... Um, I usually coach the really early, the earlier classes. I enjoy waking up you know, at 4 o'clock. Um, 4 o'clock? I enjoy it. Uh, Jocko over here. Um, you got to realize that these people are coming in looking for guidance. They're coming to you to show them the way along their fitness journey. So if you truly care, you're going to bring that, that power, that heat, that energy every single class. That's why we try to, a lot of our coaches, most of us, we don't coach more than two classes in a row because we don't want the third class to suffer. Is that why you only let me coach one in a row? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think you can say it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah, so that's true. You kind of get that dimin- with the exception of Vince. Vince can coach probably ten he's, in a row, and he gets the, more energy as he goes. He's like that at the firehouse at one morning, three in the morning, noon. And the thing about Vince is, I was talking you know, yesterday. He's like, I'm always sleep deprived. I'm like, I can't imagine what you would be like with the normal sleep schedule. Yeah. Vince is a firefighter with Dario, an amazing dude. What about you, Matt? What keeps you motivated? I, I can't remember the class, but I remember it was like 9 a.m. It was like three of us. Fun clap, but I was just like, how is he so motivated to coach us? And it was like simple movements too. Yeah. Honestly, I, I have like this burning fire to get like everyone to do things great. And it, it took a while for me to understand that it's not going to happen in one class. But when you're so passionate about people to enjoy themselves, if you're passionate for people to move great, if you're passionate to see people succeed, even if it means beating you, oh God, because there's so many coaches I've seen where it's like, you know, a, a member beats them and they're like, Shh, whatever. And they don't show them love. They're like, they're mad for some reason. They think they cheated. I, oh my gosh. I did accuse Brandon of cheating on Monday. <laughs> I, had, I had an athlete tell me this story. They were working out at the gym, and uh, I think it was an open workout. And this one of the athletes beat like the owner, and they had cameras in the gym. The owner went back, counted the reps of that athlete that beat him, and they were doing like double unders. Went back to that athlete and, be, and said, like, This is your new score here because you missed this many double unders. And I'm like, how crazy do you have to be to do so? Like that's that, worse than rep the shaving. Amount, the amount of energy it took for you to like sit aside, break the video down. Like how how much negativity do you have in your heart to like go up and do that? And 
not to get too off topic, but coming back here, uh, it's passion and it's fire to see improvement and want to see people be happy. But you guys have this passion for everything you do. Now yours, like I said, Matt, is primarily in the CrossFit. You have that, is it just who you guys are or did you luck into finding fitness? In other words, were you this passionate about working for paychecks? Um, no, I was not. Uh, were you like, I can't wait to valet this car? Same thing, like I was the manager at Best Buy, oh, I can't wait to sell the cell phone today. I'm like, no, yeah. that's not. So it's partly finding what you love. Yeah. Now, life lesson here, you guys worked hard to get here. What would you give, What advice would you give to people that are struggling but they, they are passionate, whether it's fitness or, you know, cleaning toilets? How do you, how do you make that your livelihood like you guys have done? provide as much value as possible. I still have a picture of our first paycheck that we paid her. It was 16 months after we opened. It was $250 for the month. So you paid yourself $250 for the mm-hmm. month, 16 months after, after opening. Opened. You deposited that check though, right? It's not like yes. sitting like Ricky Henderson, no, uh, there's a story <laughs> that he has a million dollar check. Yeah, yeah. No. So you, you, but I mean, that was 16 months of you know, like Gary Vee would say, eating shit. Yep. I mean, you might have had your part-time job, but you're hustling on the side, dealing with, you know, you both were in different relationships at that time, so yeah. that didn't work out. Yeah. So just, what, have that passion and chase it? Yeah, uh, trust the process, just like your fitness, just like your nutrition. Continue to trust the process, um, especially if it's truly something you're passionate about. Don't go into anything for the money because provide the value what makes you happy, and then the money will come. That's... You know, it's like Matt said earlier, easier said than done, but I firmly believe that. It's the same situation for me, right? I just stayed in fitness because I loved it. And fi- I mean, for me, it was longer than 16 months. Yeah. But I mean, if, you, if you're if you good and you believe in it, yeah. it's impossible well, not to be You have successful. to keep the lights on. So yeah, if you have to have a nine to five, as soon as you get home, eat dinner, six to 11, work on what you're passionate about, whether it's drawing, writing a book, there's, a, there's 24 hours in the day. Make it happen. What about you, Matt? I would say uh, put your energy into one thing at a time. Don't, you know, as a gym owner, it's very easy to be like, you know, God, I have to learn how to uh, program for the web. I have, to, I have to figure out this with that third-party vendor. I have to do this. I have to do that. And it's like focus on the biggest thing first. It's like, you know, if you have a pimple on your face, you're going to go for that big juicy one first. Right, you put <laughs> it's a all weird the time, analogy, but you yeah, put all the time and effort <laughs> in that one. You're like, oh god, got it. And it's like, do the same thing. Like, don't spread yourself so thin that you're worried. Like, oh, if I don't put energy into this, and like you're kind of half-assing all of it. Put your energy into one. Get that done. You know, create uh, an automation for it, and then move along to the next one. And look through, look through what you're doing. If 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 you're writing down your to-do list and you're spending all the time in the world, I'm going to use this analogy here, cleaning your gym, right? Sp- spend that extra $10 an hour and give someone that, delegate that to someone else. And what are you going to do with the remaining, you know, with the extra three hours? You know, put it back on the focus, whatever it's going to be. There's a book called Eat, Eat That Frog, but I think they should change it to Pop That Pimple. Yeah, I know the biggest pimple first. first. Yeah. <laughs> All right, speaking of books, Dario, what book do you recommend? You guys knew this question was coming. 
Matt's Matt's doing some research. He's going to find a book since he doesn't read. have to find the author. No, Matt reads a lot. You've given me some great ones. Dario's Bookshelf. I have a picture of it on my phone because you have very similar tastes. But what's your favorite? Um, Don't say my book. I know that's probably what you were going to say. It's not out yet, so I'm excited (laughs) for that one. Um, So it depends on what you're looking for. Um, uh, All of Cooper's books, I've read them multiple times, especially for businesses focusing on... You got that advanced copy of Uh, Founder, Farmer, uh, Tinker, Thief. I told him about that, yeah. Yeah. I'm um, on my way to finishing it again for the second time. Um, All of those, essentialism, so what Matt was talking about, focusing one thing and your energy in one straight line um, versus doing 10 things. You can do... You know, one thing great, two things good, three things okay, and then after that, everything kind of goes to shit after that. I love that book. That's a great Both all of Cooper's books and then Essentialism. Essentialism was probably my favorite from last year. Yeah. What about you, Matt? The one book that I always recommend to everyone is Mastery. Yeah, you recommended that to me. I love that. By it. George Leonard. Um, and you can apply it to pretty much everything. Job, you know, hobby, family, relationship, whatever the case may be. Um, that would be my number one read. And it's such a simple read. Um, but it, in a very, very simple term, it opens up like this. Beethoven uh, once had to figure out, you know, where his nose was, right? Before he can even figure out the first note that he was to put down on a sheet of paper or his first sympathy, at one point in time, he had to, you know, his mom or dad said, you know, point to your nose, and he said, boom, and he found it. And like that simple task of finger to face, right, awareness turned into, you know, him learning how to press down on a piano turned into, you know, some of the greatest sympathies, symphonies ever written. They're sad, they're sympathies. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, they're hard to listen to. Um, but, you know, mastery and always understanding and, and knowing that you're constantly practicing. You may say to yourself, you know, I want to run a half marathon. And when you do it, congrats. You have 10 minutes where you're like, I feel so good about this. And then when that's done, like life is just like back to normal all over again. And you, it's, You're speaking from experience. You did that recently. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And aren't like elite level athletes, they want to be on the podium at the CrossFit Games. An entire year of programming and training and suffering and learning comes down to people don't even watch when you get to the podium. I can't tell you one time I'm like, Oh, this is my favorite part. When Matt Fraser gets to stand up on the podium at first, I just want to watch him, you know, hold the check. Like this is exciting. No. And he's going to sit there for the 30 seconds where they're introducing him. And it's like, boom, boom, done. Cast a check. Awesome. Like what now? So, you know, mastery, always be practicing, always be, uh, always be learning. Yeah. You guys, I say this often on the podcast and now I say it with them here, you guys do it well. You guys do it right. If you're interested in learning more, check them out online, North Naples CrossFit, all social media type stuff. Find Matt, find Dario, but I'm proud to coach here. Thank you guys for letting me coach here. I don't know why they do, but I'll be coaching in about what, 30 minutes from now. And it's, it, it's, it's really awesome. I wish I had been here before I opened my boxes because I got lucky in that I was the only one in town. But if I were open now the way I did, 
I would have been one of the boxes that failed. And everything you guys do well are things I would recommend. Keep it simple. Do your own programming. Have fun and, and be passionate about it. So I appreciate it. Anything you guys want to add? No. I appreciate it. Thanks for having yeah. us. I would, I would say this is without you owning your box, your boxes beforehand, um, we wouldn't have had the same type of growth that we had because you've helped us out a ton. And so from that experience, we've grown from it because of it. So, I mean, it sounds selfish saying, but, you know, you ran a couple of successful boxes. We, I think that three of us are quite possibly the people that have grown the most in the entire world in the last five years. I really think, I mean, the, 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 I mean, I see it in myself, and a lot, I do attribute a lot of that from li- everything Matt said is stuff I'd listen to from him, from Dario, but you guys have grown, um, and it's, it's just been fun. I appreciate it. Thanks, Jack. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. Take a moment, head over to the Apple Podcast app or Spotify or Google or whatever you use, and leave us a review. It really means a lot to us, and it's what allows us to spread the word. Also, share this with your friends, your family, your coworkers. Tell everybody at the box to listen to best hour of their day and let us know what we can do to provide you a better experience. Do you have topics you want us to talk about, people you want us to interview? We are here for you, the community. We're here to give back, and we hope you've enjoyed this episode of best hour of their day.